Hello everyone, my name is Matt Phelan and this is the latest episode of Happiness in Humans. Uh, my name is Matt, I'm co-founder of an employee engagement and happiness platform called the Happiness Index. Um, happiness in Humans is about catching up with all the amazing people uh, that I meet on, on my journey and in my career. Um, and I'm going to let her introduce herself, but I'm here with Anne, who I um, I met at a HR event in the in the world when you could meet people at a real life HR event. It, it, we had drinks. I think it might have even had canapes and everything. So feels like an old uh, an old world. Um, it's a bit rainy today, so I'm really ex looking forward to Anne uh, cheering me up on this rainy London. <laughs> London morning. But Anne, um, thanks for coming on. Please, please Thank introduce you. yourself. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm an associate professor in computer science at Queen Mary, and I'm also founder of Diplomacy Dojo, which is an artificial intelligence that I've been working on, which helps people have conversations at work that support trust and transparency and collaboration, and also helping them with difficult conversations and feedback. I love the fact you call it Dojo. Um, <laughs> it takes practice. <laughs> Where, what way is that? What is that? Why you called it dojo? Yeah, I mean, we know the theory, and after learning the theory, after learning the theory, it still takes so much practice to approach conversations effectively. So, I love, love that. And um, we've got we've got to find out what makes you happy, Anne. Oh, I, you know what? I love having a conversation with someone where I feel really connected to something that's important to them, whether it's helping them solve something that's been a challenge for them or helping them come up with a new creative uh, vision for how they live or something like that. But that's probably my favorite thing. I love that. I don't normally ask this, but I'm going to add a second question to that. Why? Why Why do you think that? Why do you think that makes you happy? And what is it in your psyche that? Oh, it's an interesting question. Um, I think I love the idea of people being able to live with the so much freedom and fully, and I think so much untapped potential there is in everyone. And so I think if I can engage in a moment where I help foster that for someone, it's just such a wonderful thing to share with someone. So I think that's I it. Yeah. So for, for our listeners, the reason um, I contacted Anne is because at the Happiness Index, happiness is an emotion, we talk about emotions a lot. Um, and and put a post up on emotions um, and we're going to add and I decided to call this uh, this particular podcast episode too emotional question mark um, <laughs> but before we get into that Anne, this is another really hard question what are emotions <laughs> well from a neuroscience perspective and this is actually I'm going to be quoting Alisa Feldman Barrett's work she has a book called how emotions are made emotions are bodily sensations from neurochemicals, hormones, everything, states of our body, combined with our thoughts that we together form a perception that we put a label to. And these labels differ by culture, they differ, they differ by our experience, but we label some combination of bodily sensations plus interpretation of the outside world and whatever thoughts are going on in our head, and then we put a label to that. And that's what people call emotions. Okay. So I want to present you a problem because you like helping people, Anne. So I'm going to ask yes. you for your help here. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Obviously, at the Happiness Index, I work in, in data, and we're collecting data on emotions, um, and we're we're visualising culture, right? When I talk to people about how, for example, I don't see high happiness as good and low happiness as bad. Mm -hmm. I see it as a natural emotion that fluctuates and changes throughout the day. 
And I go as far to say that um, actually the only people who don't, whose happiness don't fluctuate are, are who don't have happiness that changes throughout their lifetime are either dead or exactly. a robot. Yes. Um, but when I talk about it in a work context, which is the majority of the happiness index work, people say things like, yeah, but we can't have people being emotional at work. We can't have people being unprofessional. Now, the I, 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 this is what I want your help on, Anne, because this is where I go wrong, because I'm just like, I can't articulate. I'm just like, well, this is just obvious. <laughs> allow people to be emotional at work because the data and the research says things like memory recall, creativity are better if you allow people to be emotional at work. I suspect what people do is they are, conf I see emotion as, something that we experience in inside to just to, to outside stimulus or whatever um and people are confusing the societal interpretation of the behavior so for example if in the workplace someone was to make you angry for you to punch them um <laughs> is wrong in, in most people's view and illegal at work and shouldn't be done okay but but i but but I feel like it needs to be decoupled because anger, you can't help it if you feel angry, um, but it's what you do with it. So I'm going to present you that problem and I'd just like you to just help me through that problem and how I could explain to someone um, the importance of emotions in that scenario if they counted me on why it's important. Mm. So I think I, I would say, um, I think it's just very important to separate the importance of acknowledging and addressing an emotion from perhaps less constructive ways of responding to emotions and 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 uh, their social contagion, right? When you express emotions less constructively, you can cause a chain of negative re emotions and negative responses in other people. And I think that's their concern. And often when people have these uh, very strong negative responses to things that are said, they have a concern, right? And I'm guessing their concern is, yeah. The person punching someone or some you know a, a domino effect of like misery and and uh you know gossip or whatever negative attitudes and i think it's it's really understanding their concern and saying well i i hear that perhaps you're concerned that a less effective expression of emotion might cause further ineffective uh you know unconstructive responses for and and result in something that's less positive for the workplace. However, I believe that emotions themselves are very important indicators of, um, they give a lot of information. They provide us cues to, that there's something important to understand. They are windows into what's important, what our values are, what our underlying concerns are. They prompt us to dig deeper into a situation and think with more clarity about mm -hmm. all the multifaceted factors that play into complex situations. So emotions are invaluable cues and um, data points, as you called it, for helping yeah. us understand each other and work effectively and for innovation and everything we want at work. I love it. So Anne, I'm, le I'm learning on the job here from you, right? So um, <laughs> most of the stuff about indicators and information and, and, and stuff was brilliant, right? Um, and there's stuff that I'm aware of and I agree with the the main takeaway that I actually took from what you said is and this is definitely an empathy thing that um that that you obviously have and this is this is an area of your work which is you acknowledge first that the people that are objecting to what I am saying 
have a concern and, it, and in their head it is a valid concern so i take so much from that point as well which will help me in these following <laughs> conversations so um you, everyone when i read this out everyone's going to know that we've this is a pre uh, uh planned question because uh, i just wouldn't have written it this well but question number four um how do you engage with emotions effectively so we've we've established haven't we that it's important actually to bring emotions into work and they are really important indicators and sources of information so we shouldn't suppress them out so we've got someone from being a non-believer they're now like i'm gonna i'm gonna embrace emotions at work but but they haven't done this before how do you engage with emotions effectively at work so engaging with emotions effectively at work i think is very similar to engaging with them effectively overall in life and there are more multiple aspects to it and so i think the first thing is to really extract the core emotion itself and to disengage disentangle the emotion which is something purely happening inside you from your interpretations of what other people are doing so we naturally tend to think of um, interpretations like oh you are belittling you dismissed me you ignored me you misunderstood me right these we tend to think oh, I felt misunderstood, belittled, dismissed, right? We, we tend to experience these interpretations of what other people have, have or have not done. I'm not saying whether it's accurate or not, you know, may or may not be accurate, but we, we confuse those interpretations as emotions, but we need to go beyond that. And I think it's important to not just have this responsibility being outside in the world, but really think inside of us. Okay, what is this feeling? I feel hurt, I feel confused. I um felt frustrated, and then go beyond the emotion and think about, well, what was I needing? And have the frame, not based on you know this, this blame or judgment of what the other people are doing, but think in terms of, well, I was frustrated because I needed clarification on what went wrong, or I was frustrated because I would like to have discussed um, what went wrong privately. You know, so, so to really understand why you had the negative emotion and not be thinking in terms of this, oh, who did what and who was to blame, because that distracts from the real issue, which is there's something core that was wanted that wasn't uh, achieved or something that you needed that you didn't have. And then after you do that work to get gain clarity over the situation for what you felt you needed, what underlying concerns or aspirations you had that were not met, then you then can communicate it. Right. So then you can say um, we can discuss a bit, you know, why it can be often helpful to communicate emotions at work, especially if, you know, it's a trusted environment and you can you know how to do it uh, with this ownership and taking responsibility for them. Then you can say things like, well, you know, when when you started speaking before I finished, um, I felt frustrated, but also uh, perturbed because I wanted reassurance that I was understood. You know, because then I was just left wondering whether I was understood and then I couldn't focus as well on the, the rest of the conversation. Right. So that's very different from saying you misunderstood me. Right. Because now the focus is on I wanted reassurance that I was understood. You're very smart. Anne. I'm learning a lot here. <laughs> no, that's that's really you. That is I mean, that's one going quiet. That's really useful stuff. Um, Anything to add to that, Anne? Because I, I, I did interrupt you because I was having a this is amazing stuff moment. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, the other thing to bear in mind is there there is significant research on the fact that putting a word to your emotion is extremely helpful in terms of calming distress. Uh, 
right? So this is actually something that's very unintuitive. Most people in these psychological experiments, they've done both psychology experiments just in the lab, as well as neuroscience experiments imaging the brain, showing that this, the distress response in the brain goes down when people put a word, either they're choosing a label from a list or they're generating a word for an emotion, that a negative emotion that they're feeling. And this is something that's not intuitive because people don't expect that it will help them um, feel better. And so people, the, this research shows that even though people don't expect that they will feel less distress, they do feel calmer and their ability to, to problem solve goes up. So they actually are able to solve more problems, come up with more creative solutions to problems if you know, if they're provoked with a distressing event and they're asked to label their emotions versus talk about it and, and you know, talk about something external around it or try to analyze it without addressing their emotions. I think that's so fascinating, Anne, because instinctively a lot of us try and suppress the emotion before trying to label, like try and block it out of our mind, mm -hmm. don't we? Mm -hmm. I think, and, and even myself, like I think I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast, when, when I was running my first business and it was very stressful, um i used to use red wine to relax in, in the evening because i thought if i have some red wine you get that nice red wine feeling in it yeah. just push away those negative thoughts yeah. about work or whatever i was dealing with but over time i kind of learned that i had to deal with whatever it was and then i could relax um, and that was the problem yeah. it would it would come back to me at four in the morning when the red oh. wine had worn off um, yeah. and, and i'm sharing that because i i, I had to learn that um but i'm sure there's other people listening have other coping techniques alcohol is a classic one um Absolutely. but i'm sure there's other ways that that people will hopefully are listening to you now are thinking about actually maybe if i'd start labeling that 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 emotion rather than trying to push it away it could help Absolutely, absolutely. And to for us as a society to um, stop thinking about emotions as a as a bad, scary thing, as you said, right? So stop thinking negative emotions are bad and positive emotions are good. They're very important learning things. They're our friends. They're telling us something's mm -hmm. important. And um, the second aspect is that um, after labeling, the other key thing that helps reduce distress is this thing called reappraisal. I mean, this is what cognitive behavioral therapy is about. This is what all sort of talking therapies are doing on a larger level but really taking a situation that's causing emotional distress and finding a different way to frame it that's mm -hmm. more constructive. And so it's kind of this two-step process, which just kind of matches what I was saying in terms of engaging effectively with emotions. The first part is really finding the core emotion underneath everything that's purely about what's going on inside you. And in a way that's the self-empathy, that's part of self-empathy exercises is also to you know, really tune into yourself and pay that full quality attention to yourself. And then once you have that, and hopefully you do have some like less distress, more activation of your ability to think um, more clearly, then you can see, can I reframe the situation somehow? You know, it's not, I was the victim. Um I'm a um I'm I learn via stories, so I'm gonna be really selfish here. So yes. I love I love the idea of that second part. The label bit I got really quickly. Yeah, I put a I put a name on it. Mm -hmm. This reframing bit, can you can you give me an example personal from you from you or the way where it's helped you or from a friend or a business colleague or someone that you can help? Because I know if you put a little um a little story in my head, it'll stick. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um so Okay, so for example, even this morning, I was talking to um, a software engineer, and she uh, felt uh, not heard by the boss, um, and she felt uh, belittled, very 
you know, all these things. And then it turned out, you know, she was frustrated and she she wanted autonomy. She wanted the freedom to express um, ownership over her full work stream. Yeah. So it is kind of a reframing from, oh, she was being uh, put down at work and being, uh, you know, cornered or, or not not recognized to, oh, this is really what she wanted. This this frustration came from uh, not being able to feel the satisfaction she wanted and not to be able to uh, feel motivated the way that she wanted. So that's yeah. kind of an example. I love that because there's so much in that, isn't there, that sometimes the most frustrated employees in your company are the ones that actually care the most. Mm, exactly. Uh, very, very true. And the day they stop caring and they go quiet and they're not challenging is actually probably when they're starting to look for a, for a job. Absolutely. Um, so that's so powerful. Um, and we didn't, I didn't expect us to go down this route and this isn't a pre-planned question, but, and, I, and I'll circulate it around afterwards, but I read a report um, that men, they, they did a gender report into who's more emotional at work. Um, mm -hmm. And the stereotype was that, that women are, uh, are more often told that they're too emotional. Mm -hmm. um, but the report came back saying men are more emotional at work than women. Oh. So um, what I found fascinating that, that, that we know there's a lot of benefits from, um, from being emotional at work. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I don't want to make this a gender thing, but I think labor, and I've been labeled uh, by someone I worked with before mm -hmm. as emotional. But <laughs> actually, um labeling anyone too emotional or, or or going down that route is actually do you believe it's actually stopping someone being able to fully achieve at work yeah absolutely i mean too emotional has judgment and blame like embedded in that the too right is so it is is huge it's saying you are not logical you're not thinking clearly it has all these implications behind it it's absolutely such a a damning thing to characterize um yeah no absolutely and i think there's something about learning to not be afraid of emotions you know someone i'm guessing that negative emotions is someone like they they raise their voice or they you know sigh they roll their eyes or you know express some yeah. frustration and it's because they didn't have a need met right they they were clear, clear, caring about efficiency or um, you know, they had stress, they had all these things going on. And if we learn to engage with emotions without fear, but, you know, okay, so this person just had an outburst, you know, can, can, can we talk about it? You know, what, what did you need? What was going on? And this is the other part of the um, taking care of your own emotions. The same thing applies to supporting other people's emotions, which I think is so important at work. And, uh, you know, if someone it's the one of the greatest gifts that we can give to someone is to help them uh, explore how they're feeling right? and sit with them and allow them to discover and uh, elaborate on their emotions, help them eventually find the reappraisals for them. Like, what did it mean to you? What were you wanting that you didn't have? What were you aspiring for? Um, Why do you think, Anne, that um, be being, being emotional at work became associated with unprofessionalism? I think we as a society, even outside of work, have not been taught to engage with emotions effectively. It's mm -hmm. not something we're taught in school. It's uh, unless it's shown at home. It's we live in a world of judgments, blame and uh, defensiveness. Right. And it's instinctual. I mean, I don't even think it's, it's also just a human instinct. We have to learn not to be like that, probably. Um, so 
probably because we haven't learned to engage with it effectively, a lot of us have engaged with it ineffectively, right? So then, yeah, so that then it ends up someone blows up, other people shut down, and then this ripple effect of unconstructive responses happens. Which is incredibly exciting way to look at it because the the you know they say like a bad work a bad work person blames their tools. Mm. What I'm taking from you here, and you you said emotions are your friends. Yeah. But emotions are actually incredibly emotions are an incredibly important work tool that we have. We just haven't learned to use that tool. Yes. Would yes. you say that's right? Absolutely. Yes. Because even mm. sometimes if it's some small niggle and you just think, oh, I just I feel annoyed by that, but you know, I don't want to ignore it. That's an emotion. Underneath yeah. that is probably a small an issue that you could address that to prevent it from becoming something further big down the line. Right yeah. there, they're huge I, opportunities. Yeah, I love this. I'm just imagining anything at work that you would hand to your team, you'd give them training on. And yes. we happen to be handing these things called being a human being, like our human behaviors to ourselves, and we don't necessarily have training on it. Um, it's a superpower. I'm seeing it as a superpower now, and that's 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 how you've that's how you've got me thinking. Completely, completely, absolutely, and that's why um, that's why I was working on what I've been working on completely. Yeah. So last question. Um, I think I know the answer to this one now, having listened to you throughout this podcast. Um, <laughs> it is going to be hard for you not just to say yes to this, I think, uh, <laughs> now that we've discussed it so much. Should we talk about uh, emotions at work? A hundred percent. And it's, uh, yes. Is that the final question or should I elaborate? Well, I, I think it's a very good um, segue into what you're working on, Anne, because um, I'd love, you mentioned it at the beginning and I know you're not you're not a self-promoter, but I do think when people are working on stuff that's really important, it should be shared. So if the answer is yes, what are you working on at the moment, Anne? So Diplomacy Dojo is the artificial intelligence to help people uh, learn this communication style where they can be constructive in difficult conversations, feedback, and talk about things that might be potentially negative, otherwise negative emotions, involve negative emotions, but doing it in a constructive, collaborative way that builds trust and builds relationships. And it's something we all can learn. And it's exactly like you say, it's a superpower. You know, it's it's one of the most important things and they people can take it away from work and bring it to the rest of their lives. And it is certain skills. It's just very specific skills. It's learning to see beyond judgments, learning to describe situations with a clarity and a specificity that's objective and talking about emotions safely in a way that you own the emotions. It's just what to do with you and frame finding the frame that's constructive, which is these were the concerns, aspirations, et cetera, that I need. So finding the clarity that the emotion provokes you to investigate. And I have learned so much. Um, and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm amazed at the work that you're doing. Um, please do, where, where, um, uh, where, where's the places that we can, that we can find out more about you, Anne? Yes, um, so um, the website is www.diplomacydojo.com. So on there, there's, articles, there's little training exercises. Um, you can sign up. We have some free training courses coming up. Um, you can also email me. My, my university email works too. So it's anne.su at qmul.ac.uk. So on the university website. Yeah. Um, Sue, for the, for the, uh, Sue is spelled H-S-U. Is that correct? correct. 
Yeah, A N N E dot H S U. Could you repeat what you said? <laughs> Siri's, listening, Siri's listening to us, Anne. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and I just want to finish by saying, on behalf of, of myself and our listeners, this is, I have learned so much. Thank okay. you for taking the time to, to just unpick this question by question. I just think there's so many people that are going to have learned as much as I have. So thank you on behalf of myself and, and our listeners, Anne. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.